Which Packers pass catchers can you trust in Week 7? Can Daryl Henderson be the correct flex call for you this weekend? And is a certain young tight end in the AFC East a slam dunk start in a juicy matchup? Plus, the second-place team owner in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship, Jared Hines, drops by to talk about the rise of Cortland Sutton and DJ Chark and why drafting really early in the season has worked out for him. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Hey, everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm KRX and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Dizzle is not, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, it's not a rap name for fast hip healer. Although you are on the path to recovery, and you are much better this week than you were at this time last week, right? Yeah, doing a lot better. Uh, feeling pretty good. Making progress slowly but surely. When did the when did the I mean, you still have the nausea going on? No, that was like Tuesday or so that ended. And and you haven't had it since. No, yeah. Good. Up. Good. That's excellent to that hear. Was, that was worse than even the pain and everything. So yeah, it's all good. I I did see that you are registered for a marathon. I I was surprised to see that, but uh, good for you, man. Yeah, right. Coming yeah. coming up in what uh, three weeks? I wouldn't do that uh, five years ago. Five years from now. What's the longest you would run at this? Not at this point, but like when you're when you're fully healed. What's the longest you would run in a in a race? I won't run because it's not. Period. It's not advised, really. Period. Correct. You'll just you'll walk from now on. Yeah, walk or you know stationary bikes, uh, treadmill, you know walking, um, ellipticals and all that stuff. So yeah. you're getting really good cardiovascular shape. Right. Like if I wanted to do cycling, it's just high impact sports. Like basketball, running is a high impact sport. So. And your football days are behind you, unfortunately. Yep. Just like Ed Bundy. But not your fantasy football Al days. Bundy. Ed Bundy. Al Bundy. Al Bundy. Ed Bundy was <laughs> the murderer. murderer. Yeah. 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 See? Close That's enough. A good start. Coming up on tonight's show, is a banged-up Amari Cooper still an obvious start? Will you see Duke Johnson uh, about to go on a tear? And Jared Hines, the Week 6 football guy's second-place team owner, drops in to talk about the next few weeks for you Chiefs owners and much more. I want to give a shout-out to our chat room tonight. If you guys uh, who are hanging out in there have any questions, post them. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFR. I'm at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. 
Facebook.com slash HSFFR and 347-426-3682-347. Game over. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is the email address that our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce will be answering tonight, and they will get those questions to us coming up in the second half of the show during Fantasy Feedback. This week we had a special high-stakes lowdown. Dave, I don't think I told you this, but Kurt Kikas, a guy who is, I think this was his third appearance on the lowdown, and normally I don't, now here's the thing, normally I don't like to, to get that much exposure to one player. Did you look at what Kurt Kikas has done in the FFPC main event after six weeks of play? He's got a team in what, first and third? Is that right? First and third. That's really in impressive. a 2,400-team competition, he is in first and third, so I had to pick his brain. Uh, and we got into a lot of good stuff on there, including uh, some of the, 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 the week seven start sits that he's facing, that other teams will be facing, and his outlook on a lot of teams going forward that we have wildly changed opinions on since drafting season. So check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Also download it on Apple Podcasts as well as the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I want to thank Football Guys and Roto World for tonight's rundown. Let's get into uh, – Patrick Mahomes here, Dave. According now, now hold on. Now I, this is this is dated because uh, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, we all saw the the knee injury last night. He had an MRI today. They had to wait for the swelling to go down so they could uh, they could get the MRI done today. Yeah. And from everything I've seen, Ian Rappaport actually tweeted about this. It was the best case scenario. And by best case scenario, it sounds like you're looking at a three week absence for Patrick Mahomes' three-week window for Matt Moore being your starting Chiefs quarterback until Mahomes is back. Now, when he is back from this dislocated right kneecap, he is not going to be 100%, but there is no significant uh, additional damage. He is seeking multiple opinions on this. Uh, The Chiefs are calling it a, quote, brief absence. Three weeks sounds like what we're doing. I have have an opinion. Sports injury expert David Chow says uh, he's convinced Patrick Mahomes is going to have off-season surgery, and Matt Moore is now running the Chiefs. Go ahead and give us your opinion here on uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You know, I think that he's going to be out until after the bye. So that's 8, 9, 10, 11. That's four weeks plus the extra free week. Comes back week 13 because it makes logical sense. Why not give your all-star quarterback, which you so – Stupidly ran a quarterback sneak. How come no one's talk, talk, tell, like, talking? Well, about let's talk about that. About why would they run a quarterback sneak okay. for the guy who's got a messed up ankle? Why would they do that? Okay. Did, I, did they need to do that? No, they were already. No, winning. they didn't. They didn't need to do that. Stupid. It was a stupid but, decision. But I will. Okay. To not that I'm defending the decision, but I will say. But you are. Go ahead. I can't remember a time where not only, and I'm not even talking about a a young, strapping, strong quarterback got hurt on a quarterback sneak. I'm talking about like old, decrepit, decaying quarterbacks got hurt on a quarterback sneak. It is the, the injury, sure, it's, yes, r- of course it, it's, it's rare. very rare. Right, it's rare. But, I mean, it's, it's also rare when a team is winning 35 to nothing and it's the start of the fourth quarter and you take out your good players. Is it, are they going to get hurt? Yeah, it's rare. It's rare that a 50-foot you know, tsunami uh, takes over, takes the Tokyo nuclear reactors and beats the, the firewall, the, right. the, the, the wall that they had there. They built those to the specifications that they would – be fine. It wouldn't be a problem, except there was a flood in the year 800 that that, ha- that happened back then. So if they had built them higher, they wouldn't have had that whole problem in Tokyo. If they hadn't done this, this guy wouldn't be hurt. And it's, not, it's totally not the same, but what the hell? I, I will say, um, from this standpoint, it's not like the Chiefs were lacking in weapons. 
uh, that they could have gone to instead of Mahomes. Yeah, uh, Shady McCoy. I mean, he's been doing fine. Daryl Williams, big big balling bowl, uh, bowling ball, uh, trying to get through the line. They had options. Could have thrown a well, fade to Kelsey as well. But the, the reason I, I'm annoyed with it is because his ankle was already injured. So it's, right. that's easy enough to get. You saw you saw the play. He got like trampled up a little bit. He easily could have twisted his ankle there with all the bodies that were around. Right. It's not like Brady where he's totally healthy and Brady just like shoots in there and he's done doing a zillion. Anyway, whatever. That's my rant. But I guess, I guess there's a lot of things to get upset about in the NFL. To me, this did not register as, as one of the big ones. I guess I'm not really upset about it per se, but how many, let me ask you that Chiefs fan. In fact, I benched uh, Mahomes for Kyler Murray in one league. And I wish I had done it in Carrington, but I forgot. <laughs> oh. Um, I own zero shares in Mahomes this year, so I, I I did not have a vested interest in this at all. So I mean, do you own any shares of Kelsey or of Tyreek Hill? I have because I have no share. I have I have one I have one share of Kelsey, no shares of Hill. But now after I mean, Kelsey still what, didn't he go like six for fifty three or six for sixty three something like that? Yeah, it wasn't was, terrible. Yeah, he was a first round draft pick though. Is that okay? That's well, terrible. it's a dynasty league. I have him in. So but I'm just saying you know, for Kelsey. No, I get it. I mean, if you invested in Kelsey, you're probably not thrilled right now with the situation. Yeah, I mean, Matt Moore's a competent player. He'll be fine. Uh, but I do think I don't see any reason why they wouldn't keep him out to week thirteen. So if they what are they five and two now? Yeah. Uh, maybe like if they can scrape together a couple of wins, why not hold them out an extra week or so? All right. So let's let's Especially talk. after they made him run the quarterback. We're going to talk to Jared Hines about this a little bit. I'm going to get your opinion on this right now. Um, as far as the Chiefs' skill position players, you still got to trot out Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah, I would say so. You still got to try it out, Travis Kelsey, right? Yeah. Who else are you trotting out besides those two guys? Now that you know Matt Moore is helming this offense. Yeah, I would, I would uh, get McCoy going. You um, still would, okay? Yeah, I, I think uh, he was way better than Damian Williams last night. I'll yeah, tell you he's that. He's always been better than Damian Williams. And, yeah. You know, so, I think that yeah, I think you put McCoy out there. If it's a good, if it's a bad matchup, if, it, if it's a top ten rush defense, probably not. Right. Uh, I'm so surprised that McCoy doesn't fumble more the way he carries that ball. But you know, didn't he have fumbling issues in Philly back in the day? I thought he did. Yeah. Carried it like a loaf of bread. Um, yeah, but I have no interest in starting Hardman, Robinson, uh, Pringle, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams. None of those guys right now. I going mean, I forward. really wouldn't have either when Mahomes was around. But I guess. Yeah, that's a little bit different. I actually, in one of my leagues, I <laughs> this is so unfortunate. I started Demarcus Robinson and Hardman. This oh, yeah. week. Well, Hardman got in the end zone, which kind of saved yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. We have two for 18 and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think he had a second catch, quite frankly. Oh, maybe. Um, and then Demarcus Robinson got a, got a handful, whatever. But, yeah, going forward, you got to look elsewhere. We'll talk with uh, Jared Hines a little bit more about Patrick Mahomes' injury. Uh, Jimmy Grant was removed from the injury report, Dave, this week as he returned to practice, according to Rob Domofsky, uh the Packers ESPN beat reporter on Twitter. Sounds like Jimmy Graham is going to give it a go against Oakland, although – his goal so, uh, thus far this season has been pretty bad. Week seven might be a different uh, story because Devontae Adams has already been ruled out. I have not seen the injury report for the rest of the Packers, but Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling both did not practice today. Are you looking at Jimmy Graham, given the Packers' situation, given that they need to throw the ball at some point to someone, and knowing Adams will not be one of those guys in a tight end premium league, Dave, does he make it in as a flex for you by and large, this week? I mean, only if I really had to. So you're still shying away. Yeah, I mean, the opportunity is there because they're starting probably Kumaro and Lazard and, uh, and Graham. But even then, Rodgers doesn't look – he still doesn't look to tight ends, even with the difference in the offense. I thought that – I did think because once you get rid of, uh, you know, the old coach, McCarthy, that maybe they'd look that way more, but it doesn't seem like uh, – at least Jimmy Graham they're not looking to. So we'll see what – when you know, once you get a better tight end eventually. I brought this up on – the show with Leo and Balky today uh, from 2 to 3 in the afternoons, which you can hear at 95.3991 FM, the score here in Appleton, Wisconsin, and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. 
What about the path to victory for Green Bay being 35 combined touches from Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and just not involving the receivers, not involving the tight ends, not bringing them into the game, given the fact how good Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have looked over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, Williams has looked really good. And, uh, you know, Jones, I think, for, for whatever reason, he just kind of screwed up the last game. He had a couple of mistakes. They punished him for it. It's not a bad game plan. Uh, go with your strengths. You know, Rodgers is still a top quarterback. So, if you, you know, you got to still – throw it enough time throw maybe run more like a Seattle offense where you throw it 25 to 30 times as needed uh, really efficiently the problem before Lazard got out there is that those receivers were so awful they wouldn't make the catch the passes were great they'd either drop it or bumble off a guy and get an interception it's, it was terrible my co-host Leo Kuyper Jr. on this show is notorious for being a massive negative Packers fan yeah. horrible during the game really? texting me all the time telling how terrible they are I don't say anything I never like to text or go on social media during the game. After Mason Crosby kicked that field goal, I haven't, I haven't shown you the text, but I unleashed on him about why you don't give up on any team, no matter how bad it looks. I mean, I must have texted him a good hour after the game, just lighting into him about the Packers and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, the refs, so, the refs some, are doing great. I'm not, I don't want to talk about the refs. <laughs> but Lazard stepped up, and he was, I think, the big hero in the fourth quarter. Is he a top 40 play for you in FFPC this week as far as receivers go? Would he make it in as your second flex anywhere if MVS is out? Yeah, I, he could, actually. I think he, I think he definitely could. When you have a, the quarterback that's throwing the ball matters. So I think the fact that Rodgers is throwing to him and he likes him. And, he and the fact that he had to tell the coaching staff to bring Lazard in in the exactly. fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that that's, I think it all matters. So I think so. Yeah. Um, I did not. Did you pick him up anywhere? I don't think I grabbed him anywhere. Uh, maybe one or two spots. Not, I didn't really. Yeah. I didn't have a, in Dynasty, I'm not going to cut a guy for Lazar. Exactly, yep. And uh, in Kentucky, yeah, I don't know. Kentucky, I was so receiver-heavy already that I was having a tough time wedging. Yeah. Um, by the way, I looked at your Kentucky auction running backs this week. I, Sa- Saquon Barkley, on Johnson, Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler, and you can only play three of them. No, that's a that's kind of stinks. a pitcher. Yeah. So you're bent. I think right now I looked at you have Eckler. Bench Gordon probably. Well, no, you have Eckler on the bench right now, and <laughs> but you're starting Mohamed Sanu. We're going to talk about him later on right. in the show. Moving I think on. he might be a sneaky start. Yeah, we got to get going here. Dallas Morning News reports that Amari Cooper's progress with his injured quad has, quote, plateaued, but he tested it out today, and uh, he is expected to give it a go on Sunday night football against the Eagles. He actually, if you remember, Amari Cooper – when he was a rookie with Oakland in 2015, had a pretty nasty quad injury. He's saying that this one was different. He said he couldn't even walk on Monday. He tried to play through it against the Jets, uh, excuse me, the New York Jets. He made it three snaps, and it's been pretty bad ever since. Now, while I, I, I was of the opinion that he was going to miss, the reports today sounds like he is going to play despite the Cowboys going on by the following week. Randall Cobb may not play. Uh, Michael Gallup, we know, is going to be out there. But, Dave, the crucial part with this is Amari Cooper – Sunday night game. And, so, and you're risking re-injury. Too. And you're risking re-injury. Is he worth the wait at this point? I'm not so sure he is. Yeah, it's, a, it's really tough, too, with all the players on by. Like, if you're invested in, you know, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, like – Mike oh, yeah. Evans, Chris Godwin. Yeah, yeah, the Buccaneers guys. Uh, it's tough because then you're – Juju looking, is another one. So, yeah, so it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to start, at, like, Alan Lazard, like we just talked about, over Amari Cooper? I don't know if I can do that. I might have to start Cooper. So. And, I mean, if you rostered Nelson Aguilar, you have something to fall back on. I mean, you can't even really roster Randall Cobb because he might not even go. Uh, Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram 
says that uh, uh, Cooper is expected to go. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think I trust it a little bit, but I, I think there's a huge chance of him getting re-injured, kind of like Jordy did a few times. Well, this gets into a philosophical con- uh, discussion, Dave. Are you willing what, – what would you want? Would you want the potential for a lot of points, or do you just want a warm body in there? Well, it depends a little bit on your matchup, too. Are you, how, good, how much better are you than your opponent or worse? Uh, if you That's a, a good point. If you want to increase variance, you start Cooper. Right. I think I'm, I'm not saying all my teams suck, but I'm trying to increase variance. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably, honestly, with this positive report, and again, you always say this too, pay attention Sunday morning. You could get some inklings of which way the Cowboys are leaning uh, at that point. So I think you look at it from the standpoint of what is your number five receiver going to do for you, your number four receiver going to do for you, um, as opposed to what Amari Cooper could do for you. I think I am starting. I don't. I don't think I, I think I own him in one league, and I'm probably playing him. But I could totally see the case of, that you wouldn't. But that's where I'm leaning right now. We have Jared Hines, the runner-up in the Football Guys Players Championship, heading into Week Seven, just around the corner here. One last thing I want to get to. We can just skip that. You don't want to talk about this at all? Who gives a shit about Tyler Eifert? The reason I bring this up is because no one. Drew Brees is coming back. Yeah. Jared Cook has already been ruled out for Monday. Has not done anything right. this week or for this weekend, I should say. And Eifert is actually only owned in 70% of FFPC main event leagues in a tight end premium league. Yeah, well, waivers is close. I, but, okay, <laughs> that's fine. But I want to – I mean, he's not, it's not like he's going to be traded tonight, probably. He hasn't really been doing much anyway right now. I mean, you know, you can argue this about how perfect. bad of a dumpster fire the, the Bengals are. Their offensive line sucks. So one would – I mean, I haven't been paying total attention, but I'm guessing that Eifert's staying in the block a little more, maybe. He's not really much of a blocker. We, we brought this up on the show a couple of weeks ago when I was talking up how excited I was because he was going up against, I believe it was the Arizona Cardinals, and they had given up the number one or number two tight end fantasy performance every single week. Until that one. That was broken when Tyler Eifert – Yeah, he was uh, terrible. Yeah, he was not great. So, but this is the answer I was looking for. So yeah, bad you have, players are bad. You have no interest in picking up Eifert, even given the I mean, potential. If, if they trade him to the Saints, sure, then it's different. But I'm not going to preemptively pick okay. up Eifert in advance of a possible trade, unless my unless I just have a roster spot with like CJ Procise in there, and I'm like, all right, dump that guy. Right. Or Jonathan Hilleman, for, yeah, for right. example. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into our guest tonight, ladies. Trubisky. Or Mitch, really? Jeff, oh, I guess that makes sense. No, I I, I could see that <laughs> totally. Uh, let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He's been playing fantasy football for the last decade and a half. Dynasty for seven years. He's also cashed twice at the World Series of Poker. Sweet. He's actually looking to cash big this year as he currently sits in second place in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship. Technically, if you include the Thursday night stats, he's leading the whole thing right now. Uh, please welcome into the show, making his debut on the HSFF Hour, it is Jared Hines. Jared, happy Friday night to you, and thanks for hopping aboard with us, man. Hey, man, how's it going? Thanks a lot for having me. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're thrilled to have you on. This is uh, always good stuff. We can pick the brain of uh, fantasy owners much smarter than ourselves. We're going to get to it. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do for a living when you're not winning the Football Guys Players Championship? <laughs> uh, well, I had previously been working for 10 years as a cartographer for the federal government uh, for the Natural Resources Conservation Service, which is like a sub-agency of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, uh, interpreting aerial photography and looking at natural resource um, conservation data patterns. Uh, but I kind of burned out on that. That was 10 years in an office cubicle, 40 hours a week. And so currently I'm kind of in between careers, but I'm pursuing a master's degree in teaching. I'd, I'd like to teach high school science or social studies. 
Oh, ah, awesome. Not high school chemistry and moving to Albuquerque or anything like that, right? Yes, he won't be from a mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Uh, good stuff. Well, good for you, man. Where, where are you uh, attending or where are your master's class? Where are you taking those from right now? Uh, well, I'm on a hiatus right now. I, I have been going to Concordia University here in Portland, Oregon. Um, oh, yeah. Otherwise, I'm kind of doing Uber and Lyft on the side, and I have you know a few other little gigs and things I do. But that's awesome. Well, you're looking at getting your tuition paid for when you resume with, <laughs> with this 250 grand, man. That that would be uh, that would be quite amazing. Dave, let's uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so Jared, you're uh, you're in second place now, and you, usually we don't get many guests on that drafted their teams early. Now, granted, I always argue that it's because not many people draft their teams early, but you drafted this one on May 5th, the day after the contest opened. So that's actually you know you. You know, unlike two Packer who claims he sets the ADP, you actually helped to set it. Right. There were very few drafts in the books at that point. Can you tell us a little bit about your preparation for that draft with uh, with so few out there? Well, sure thing. I, um, you know, so like, as you mentioned at the beginning there, I, I do play Dynasty. I've been playing Dynasty for a few years now. And actually, I'm a commissioner of a huge 90-16 league. It's like eight individual leagues of 12 teams the top four teams from each of those leagues combined for a big points race in weeks 14, 15, and 16, not unlike the players' championship format, and it even uses FFPC scoring and everything. Um, and we hold our annual rookie draft just a couple weeks after the NFL draft. And so we had that rookie draft just days after this one that I did on May 5th. And so I had already been doing, you know, my homework on the rookie class and sort of coupled with that is that year-round, you know, as a dynasty player, I'm, I'm sort of always looking at depth charts and, you know, trying to read where things are going, what the trend looks like. Um, you know, and so, I mean, that's, you know, to the extent that you can have any kind of leg up on the, the rookie landscape on May 5th, just like a week after the NFL draft, I feel like I maybe have an edge on fellow drafters uh, at that point and that, if that's true, the, the edge that I might hold at that time is going to become smaller and smaller the closer we get to the end of August. Does that make sense? Because, you know, whatever information there is to know, everybody knows it at that point. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I was going to say, if, if you can commit, commission a 96-team dynasty uh, league, I think you're not going to have any problem uh, corralling high school students. I think you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a great point, actually, Dave. Dude, it's tough, man. As a commissioner of the FFPC leagues, i got to say, 96-teamer, that's got to be a challenge. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Have you, is there a lot of turnover in that, Jared, that you've had from year to year? Is it, or is it pretty good with, uh, with the guys you have in there being pretty tight? Well, so I, I should qualify this because it's not a pure dynasty league. We had our startup in 2015, but half of the annual dues, half of the annual buy-in for each team goes into a super pot in escrow for uh, the sixth year, which is 2020 coming up next season. And so it's only like a little $50 buy-in for each season per team. And so, yeah, there had been quite a bit of turnover from year to year, but now that we're in the fifth year and we're required everybody to pay one year in advance, the whole kitty is paid for. And after 2020, when we pay out, it's five thousand dollars for first place off of a fifty dollar buy-in. Uh, oh, sweet! Uh, after that, it'll just the, the league will disband, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like try to re-up it or continue it after that. Being commissioner for that <laughs> is enough work as it is. I took over for another guy that created it, and uh, you know he burned out on it, and I'm like, well, I, I can make it happen. Like I can take what he built and you know carry it through. Yeah, no question. Good for you, man. That's that's good stuff. 
Let's talk about the Denver Broncos, who were in action last night, and I use the word action loosely. They are not a good football team. <laughs> but they do have a good receiver in Cortland Sutton, uh, Sutton, who keeps piling up the points so far, Jared. He's on pace for 82 catches, 1,289 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. You got him at the 6'11 on this draft on Cinco de Mayo. What stood out to you about Cortland Sutton to make him your pick there when you were looking at, you know, again, flying blind a little bit, uh, not knowing what Cortland Sutton would be able to do this year? He's been crushing it for you. Yeah, he's been doing pretty good. I mean, he was – I'm looking at the draft board here, and, I, you know, he was definitely at the top of my receiver list at that point, and I needed a second receiver. I had taken Amari Cooper in the third as my only receiver at that point. Um, and looking at the rest of the board, I'm like, I, I'd have to wait a while before any of these other names would be somebody that I would have drafted. So looking back, he was definitely the last of a tier for me. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I like his talent. He, he had a good enough rookie year on a crappy offense. And I figured, you know, he's, there's a good chance he takes that second year leap like a lot of receivers do. And, uh, you know, Flacco is maybe an improvement, I thought. <laughs> um, but <laughs> last night's game was pretty painful. You know, Court and Sutton lit it up in the first half. And then, you know, they couldn't do anything in the second half, even though the game script that I was sort of counting on was that they'd be trying to put up points to, to compete with Kansas City. But uh, they, you know, he couldn't complete a pass to save his life in the second half last night. So moving forward, I like Sutton. I'm not crazy about the situation, though. Well, and, and the, you know, the good thing about this is Drew Locke is pretty close to coming off IR, I think, within the next couple of weeks. And I got to believe with the Broncos' season spiraling down the drain, you could look at maybe a Locke-Sutton connection developing. We'll see what happens there. But uh, Sutton has shown uh, big-time flashes so far this season as as far as the receiving game for the Broncos goes, Dave. Yeah, so uh, moving on a little bit, let's talk about the, the Rams run game. Uh, it sounds like Todd Gurley is going to play this week. Uh, Malcolm Brown might miss. And, you know, but Daryl Henderson looked pretty explosive in limited action. You've been kind of parking him on your bench a little bit, maybe hoping that this would be the case. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the question is, do you think if you were in a kind of – probably not for your team, but – do you think he's maybe an option as a flex for people uh, in their starting lineups if they're kind of in uh, desperation mode? Well, two things. One, yes, absolutely. And two, I'm probably starting in my RB2 right now for this team that's in the Oh, yeah, so that like I could... said. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason for that is oh, you bye week. I've got, yeah, I've got McCaffrey and Chubb both on by, so I'm sort of stuck. Ooh. But, uh, I mean, you know, I – I guess I have a hard time believing that they're going to give uh, bell cow work to Gurley because they just haven't been doing it for the better part of this year and, and the end of last year with his knee issue. Going back to the question of preparing for the rookie drafts, uh, Daryl Henderson was before the NFL draft. He was the number one rookie running back on a lot of people's boards, um, not for the NFL, but like amongst dynasty players. And, you know, so I had him pretty high already in my thoughts when they drafted him. Uh, they moved up to get him. I think Gurley has got chronic knee issues, and a lot of people think that. Um, from what I've gathered today, it sounds like Malcolm Brown is doubtful, and he's almost certainly not going to play. If that's the case, I'm plugging Daryl Henderson in over Miles Sanders, um, over David Montgomery. Um, he's definitely a borderline play, though. I mean, it kind of depends on your lineup and what options you have. There's a couple other leagues I have where he's going to be on my bench. So I guess it depends on what you've got. I, I find it interesting. So you're in a bench, David Montgomery, for Henderson. I mean, I just 
I'm not really, I, I don't, who do the Bears play this week? I don't even know offhand. Chicago plays, they host New Orleans, Dave. Okay, so that's probably going to be a low-scoring game. What's the total? It probably should 40, be. 40, 41? I will tell you right now that the total between, this, is, this game is at Chicago right now. Uh, it's the Saints and Bears, 37 wow, is the total is on that game. game. So that, is that what you're kind of thinking uh, with regard to uh, Montgomery? That's a part of it. And then if you look at uh, the Rams matchup, they're, they're on the road on the East Coast which is not good, but they're in Atlanta. The defense has been like a sieve. Um, and yes. so, like I said, if Malcolm Brown, if Malcolm Brown is out in early starts, I, I, I think he's, he's totally a flex-worthy or a desperation RB2 kind of play. Montgomery. I kind of like that. Look, uh, look, I'm a Bears fan, okay, so I, I am caught it already. I drafted Montgomery with high hopes. He has, <laughs> he has taken over the role there. You know, like he is the starting running back there. But uh, – and I like his talent, too, but that offensive line sucks. Mark Nagy can't call plays, and um, Trubisky has been regressing. You know, I guess he's going to be back this weekend. So hopefully coming off the bye, maybe, you know, like they can have a good game. I, I am starting Montgomery in a number of other spots, but I think I might start Henderson over him. I like Dave, it. Dave, Rams at Falcons this week. You want to take a guess at that total? Uh, 53. 54 and a half. I'm off. You're, I'm off so you're, but I mean, you're talking about a 17 point difference. Oh yeah, there. that's massive. And it's not it's like, like a half a game. And it, yeah, exactly. And it's not like Montgomery has been a bell cow right. at all this year too, with the way Matt Nagy is using those uh, Bears running backs. We're talking with Jared Hines, who is the uh, second place team owner in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship. All right, so I don't, I don't know if this is a sore subject. I'm not sure if this has, if your philosophy on this or your position has changed. But in this specific league, you dropped Demarcus Robinson for his real-life teammate oh, yeah. in uh, Byron Pringle. Now, can you share – now, maybe, again, this probably has changed given the Mahomes injury, but can you share with us initially your thought process on this in getting rid of uh, Robinson for Pringle? Yeah, I mean, basically, this is just a swing and a miss on my part. I, I really thought he kind of took over the number two wide receiver spot behind Tyree Kill, uh, at least with Watkins out anyway. I uh, think that maybe didn't turn out to be the case, but my thought process was definitely with Mahomes, any piece of that offense, if I can possibly roster those guys, that includes the running backs, uh, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I mean, so like even Daryl Williams, you know, the third running back, if I can afford to roster him, I'm keeping him still because all of those guys have league winning upside if things, you know, fall that way later. Um, but as far as Pringle, like I, I just, in reading the tea leaves, I thought that maybe he had, you know, climbed the depth chart above uh, Demarcus Robinson. But I think yeah, I was wrong happen. after last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the other questions you asked me was about, like, the Kansas City offense in general now that Mahomes is out. I guess right. we'll see how long it's out, you know, but I'm not – if it's not Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, I'm staying away, at least for now. So, and this is this is a good this is a good because we were talking about this earlier. Now we understand the the pass catchers from that standpoint. Kelsey and Hiller still starts. Everybody else probably shying away. I'm agreeing uh, with that. What about the running backs? Does this change any of the running backs' value now that Matt Moore is in charge as opposed to Patrick Mahomes for the next few weeks? Are you doing anything different with the runners now that there's this quarterback change? Well. Going into the game last night, I, I did bench both McCoy and Damian Williams um, pretty much everywhere. Um, so even with Mahomes, I was already skeptical. They hadn't been playing good. I was thinking they would kind of 
start to mouth out of it, though. Um, but, um, you know, with Matt Moore, I mean, he, you know, he's a competent backup veteran, and they have so many weapons, they, they might, you know, surprise some people while, uh, while Mahomes is out. But as far as the running backs, um, you know, I'm not really sure any one of them is trustworthy enough to really count on, but I certainly would want to roster them if I can because, I mean, just a chance that later on in the year, especially maybe the fantasy playoffs, if uh, if one or two of those guys goes down and all of a sudden you're left with, you know, like Damian Williams last year, um, everybody went after Spencer Ware when, when uh, Kareem Hunt got busted. And I did too, but I also put in a claim for Damian Williams just as an afterthought, and then lo and behold, won a couple championships. This offense is unlike any we've seen. I mean, the upside there is just ridiculous. Jared, let me let me ask you this, and final question on the KC running back before Dave uh, switches this to uh, DJ Charkin uh, discussion. Is there any? Um, a belief in you that now that Matt Moore is in charge, that Andy Reid puts an emphasis on the running game, making guys like Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy both flex-worthy for the next three weeks, uh, knowing that he can't air it out with Mah- like the way he would with Mahomes with Matt Moore? Yeah, I mean, I think that's plausible. Uh, I could definitely see that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I haven't really fully tried to process or think this out in my head yet you know, since the injury last night. Um, but just hearing you ask that question that way, uh, yeah, maybe maybe so. Uh, still be a, kind of a crapshoot in terms of which one would you start. Uh, maybe they're both flex-worthy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, I'll have to consider that. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm, I'm considering it just right off the top of my head, Dave, now. I'm, I'm considering yeah. it myself. All right, let's talk about DJ Chark. Uh, you got him off waivers a few weeks ago. Uh, He's connected really well with Gardner Minshew, the mustache master. Um, the question here asks if he finishes a top 20 receiver in 2019, but before I ask you that, uh, he's currently wide receiver five after six weeks. Holy cow. So it's kind of, a, I guess yeah. if he sucks, he's still going to finish the top 20. So maybe, does he kind of, <laughs> is he a top 20 receiver on a goal forward basis? How about that? From week seven to 16, what do you think? I mean, I haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise, and I think it fits right into that curve of uh, second-year breakout wide receivers. We've seen it so many times, and the numbers he's putting up right now so far um, bear it out. I, I have not, admittedly, have not really had much of a chance to see um, the Jaguars play yet this year, I, other than a few little cut-ups here and there. But, yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, usually the thing with Chark is he just had so little rookie production. So he kind of – he came out of nowhere, but he was still on the radar of, you know, players like yourself, Dynasty guys. We were all aware of him, uh, and it, you know, because he was drafted last year as a player. Okay, but he, he was more like a late second to late third-round rookie pick, if I remember correctly. Yeah, third. Yeah, like, and so I, I got him in a number of leagues. Um, you know, he had that Rotoviz – his, his uh, Rotoviz Fiam score was over two. It was really good. Yeah, really it, was, good. it was definitely solid. Uh Unfortunately, I had to cut him to make rosters in one or two leagues, but I still have on two out of eight, so I'm feeling pretty good. Lost him on all of mine. Uh, God, it's so frustrating, right? But, <laughs> yeah, so Charks, I mean, he's an athlete. He's, a, he's, he's super fast. He's got the size and speed. And maybe, you know, as a rookie, he didn't put it together. So it, it was a little bit under the radar, but, I mean, he definitely has the athleticism yeah. forward, I think. For yeah. Sure. Well, I agree the other, yeah, absolutely. The other thing about that, too, as far as his rookie season, and it's, uh, you know, don't underestimate how crappy the quarterback play difference makes. Um, right. You know, Nick, I mean, Nick Foles has only been there for a minute, but then with Minshew emerging, uh, you know, it's 
I guess it's a chicken and egg thing. Does the wide receiver make the quarterback better, or is it the other way around, or both? But uh, it wasn't there his rookie year, and I think he may have had some injury issues too. Plus, yeah, he came uh, on late out of training camp. Plus, Coughlin, I don't know about his influence. You know, he's not the coach, but like his thing about rookies, I don't know. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter now. I mean, if the guy's emerging, he's emerging. Right. Uh, let's move on to running back. Uh, Kamara, Alan Kamara is going to miss this week against the Bears, it looks like. Uh, in fact, they might have announced it already. He's out. He's officially out. Uh, so you, uh, yeah, you always have to fire up Latavius Murray uh, this week, even in a kind of a low-scoring game against one of the top rush defenses in football. Is that right? Well, again, so this is where my I'm a Bears fan, and I try to take that hat off and not think about that too much. But uh, in the one league that I own with Davis Murray, I think I'm going with David Montgomery. Um, <laughs> just because. There you go. So, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, if, if you need somebody, I mean, running backs are, you know, obviously hard to come by, and this is a huge step up for Murray in terms of the opportunity. He catches passes out of the backfield, their offense, in New Orleans is built around that. So it's definitely not a bad play. And I may still put him in over Montgomery, but uh, I'd say it's, you know, just depends on your roster. I'm not going to talk have, anybody out of it. Yeah. I have Latavius Murray in one league, I think. And even before the Camara injury, I already had him in as my flex uh, just because I was not, you know, you, you, you saw Camara try to play through this last week. He was not good. And uh, I just felt like Murray was going to at least get the touches to be a good flex play this week. And now he should be more than that. We'll, we will see because the Bears defense is pretty good. Jared, a couple of emails that came in for you, uh, the second place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Jared Hines, a couple of emails for you tonight. Kenny in Quincy, Mass. Do you see either Rashad Penny or DK Metcalf as the long-term number one solution at their respective positions in Seattle? Or are they both destined to be secondary options? That is Kenny in Quincy, Mass. Thank you for the email. Kenny, this is a good question for you, Jared, given how much dynasty that you play. Uh, is Penny going to be the guy? Is DK Metcalf going to be the guy? Or are we looking at Chris Carson and Tyler Lockett for the foreseeable future there? Well, I think it's going to be the Chris Carson show, uh, the backfield. I think he has won that job. I think he's shown that, aside from if injuries pop up and, you know, then Penny steps forward. Uh, but otherwise, I think Carson holds on to that. Penny will have his role, and he'll be a role player. Uh, or, you know, maybe they make a trade or something. The wide receivers, I don't know. I mean, that offense is – Schottenheimer offense is so run-centric. Um but Russell Wilson is so efficient at the same time. I mean, if they ever get to a place where they pass more, then I really like Metcalf's uh, prospects a bit more. As far as the one and two thing, I've always felt like, for fantasy purposes, that an NFL team that has two solid wide receivers uh, is better for everybody. And so, you know, whether Metcalf would be the number one or whether Lockett would be the number one or, you know, the 1A, 1B, I don't get too caught up in that I think to myself his prospects are going to be that he's the starting X receiver Metcalf and that he's going to be in on almost every single play because he's such a good run blocker um and that his you know NFL utility to the Seahawks is maybe going to be greater than the fantasy um impact that if we try to start him that's what Schottenheimer as offensive coordinator 
Let's go to uh, Jim in Altoona, Pennsylvania. He writes, what's up, Jared? Are you willing to roster or start any 49ers receivers going forward, or is it just the George Kittle show for Jimmy G and Shanahan? Good luck with football guys. That is Jim in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Thanks so much for the email, Jim. Appreciate it. Uh, Jared, what do you think? 49ers receivers. I don't even know, like, uh, you know, with all your teams, are you rostering any? Are you starting any this week? Who do you like in that position? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I I don't have any of them rostered. I haven't really been because I haven't been able to figure out like who's the guy to have uh, to get to his question. Um, I've got Debo Samuel in a couple of spots and I uh, haven't started him yet anywhere. I think he's actually out this weekend. Um, I mean, otherwise it's the running backs in George Kittle show. But then there's room there for fantasy relevance for a wide receiver. It's a good team. Um, you know, I think Garoppolo is is doing what he needs to be doing there. But I'm I'm curious about that, too, because I think that there's definitely a fantasy opportunity to be had if, if we can figure that out. But I'm not sure yet. No, and, and, and that's totally cool. And I think that um, I don't necessarily think that the Niners receivers is going to be, you know, any of those guys are going to be potential league winners. The only thing I will say is that regarding that team, they're, they're awesome right now. They're 5-0. and They're running it really good. Uh, the defense is playing out of their minds. Um, so that, that's certainly good if you have Brita, maybe even Tevin Coleman, definitely with the defense. Receivers, mm, maybe not so much, especially when you have a dynamic tight end like George Kittle there. Uh, I think that is the play. And receivers, you're kind of playing receiver roulette a little bit with those, you know, despite them being a really good team, having a competent quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo uh, as well. Uh, let's get to the final question, Jared. You've been a, a very gracious uh, host, uh, or excuse me, gracious host. Dave has been the gracious host. Uh, I'm just kind of hanging out tonight. And, and Jared Hines, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, also hanging out with me tonight. Can you give us a player uh, that, that you think a lot of FFPC players are going to be starting this week? Could be an early-round guy. Could be a guy that's really been crushing it so far this season that you actually think you might want to uh, bench this week. And then conversely, a player that a lot of FFPC players will actually have on their benches that you actually think should be starting in Week 7. Yeah, okay, so you sent me this, these questions earlier, and I was looking at my lineups, and I'm, I struggled really with the ones that a lot of people would be starting, um, but I would consider sitting. I, I actually I, I wanted to ask you guys and bounce it back to you because I've got this one lineup where, um, let's see, well, I guess David Johnson is questionable, but if he plays, then I'm looking Game at time sitting decision one for of, him. If he plays, I'm looking at sitting either – Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews, or George Kittle. I don't know how any of those names get put on my bench. It's probably going to be David Johnson. I don't know. Um, in another league, I'm looking at he does. mentioned Terry McLaurin, even though he's like rookie of the year and killing it. Um, he's, they're playing at home against the 49ers, but like you said, that 49ers defense is outstanding. Um, but it's there's one spot, I'm, I think it's actually this second-place team. I'm thinking about sitting Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is a guy – let, let me ask you this, Jared, about, from a dynasty aspect about McLaurin. Um, he, now, I missed out on him in, in my leagues, and I was really upset because he's a third-round pick. I could have easily had him, I didn't. If you own him in dynasty right now, is he a hold? Or if you have the opportunity to swap him – 
for like any 2020 first round pick are you are you making that swap right now well i suppose it depends on my on my team makeup uh but i think he's the real deal and the, the next big thing i mean i I'm, I'm really impressed with what i've seen from him so far i i'm probably holding um you know, and I've already been sending out like little trade offers for him and stuff in a couple spots and no luck so far. But uh, yeah, I everybody missed out on him. Uh, this other guy, this guy I'm trying to buy him from, I was talking to today. He said he got him in the seventh round of our rookie draft from that league I was talking about earlier. Um, so you never know when those guys, you know, those diamonds in the rough. But I mean, I'm talking about benching him for either Amari Cooper, assuming he plays, or DJ Shark or Mark Andrews or Darren Waller. Like, who do you sit there? <laughs> it's a good problem to have. That's tough. But... And, and the that? other thing to, to, uh, to, to keep in mind with, um, with, uh, with Waller, he, I, didn't, I, didn't see, um, I didn't see the practice today, but I know he actually got – he was downgraded on Thursday to a limited session um, after practicing in full on Wednesday. So I don't know if there – I'm not sure if there was a uh, – if there was a um, injury midweek with Waller, but uh, but there is something to be said for uh, benching him. Now he, the added benefit with Waller is that is a noon game or a one o'clock p.m. game. You can't bench Waller. Well, but I, okay, but there there is something to be said for that if he's coming in hobbled in that game. Now that's true. You could look at this a couple of ways. He got his nine million a year. What does he care? Oakland has Zay Jones on that team and nobody else. So he has, they have no one. They, they have no – like, you are looking at Darren Waller as being the primary option. Now, if that just yeah. means more added yeah. coverage by Oakland or, or maybe that means more added targets by Derek Carr, I'm not sure. There's two schools of thought on that. But I think that that, that has to come into play. You have, you have some, uh, some potential landmines there with Darren Waller, or it could end up working out as well. Um, I know a lot of people still like him this week against Green Bay. Uh, we'll see what happens. The, dude, the lack of perimeter and wide receiver players in that Green Bay-Oakland game is really astounding to me. Like, it, I, I think it could just be a Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones type show. The total on that game, I'd be betting the under on it. It's actually fallen to 46.5 right now. I can't see those teams combining to score 47 points in that game, Dave. Yeah, I, I got what you're saying, but you know what? Half the betters disagree with Yeah, me. that's true. Half the betters do disagree with me, uh, no question. But everybody agreed with Jared Hines tonight, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, listen, man, thanks so much for hopping aboard with us tonight, sharing some insight, uh, telling us how you built that team, how you've been managing it. Good luck the rest of the way as you try to chase that uh, six-figure grand prize in, in the FPC. And we'll talk again soon, dude. Be good and enjoy Week 7. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Good luck. Jared Hines, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, the Football Guys Players Championship. I'm rooting for him, actually. Oh, the, 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 he, so he's your guy yeah, right I'm, now. Yeah, I'm rooting for Okay. <laughs> not, not your boy, Kikas. <laughs> Screw Kikas. Well, but Kikas is in the main event that he's crushing it right I now. I was actually looking. I'm not sure if he – I think he's got one top 100 team in the FPC. Whatever. We talked about him enough. Well, I'm just you've saying. like like he, he, he's – Slow down. slash podcast. Check that out. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into some uh, some emails here, Dave. I believe. Uh, yeah, let's get into emails. Tweet, 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 tweet. If you've got a question.
question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Wait, what's this uh, uh, Wasp guy says you are rooting for him? Well, Jack Benny style. I know who Jack Benny is. We, he used to do a well. That was like his catchphrase. Well, he, I was born in 1971. How the hell would I know? I don't know. I thought I'm not you might. that freaking old. All right. Well, I just I, I was just. Uh, I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> not Jack Benny old. <laughs> <laughs> Did he used to host the Tonight Show for a while or no? I don't know. I only remember the Johnny Carson era, which was funny. I think Jack Parr was right before Johnny Carson. I'm not sure where Jack Benny um, factored into that. But I always remember he did this thing. This is going to be horrible for the listeners, but he always used to do this. This little thing that I'm doing right now with my middle finger right here. And then my, and he'd be like, hmm. You know, like sort of like a Woody Allen-esque type thing. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it is lovely. Great, great radio. Uh, let's go to Tom in Houston. What's up, Dave and Balky? I probably won't have Kamara this week. Spoiler alert, you will not have Kamara. And never invested in Latavius Murray. I have Leonard Fournette as my lead back, but who do I start next to him? Sony Michelle or Carlos Hyde? Well, you know my answer on that one, Balky. Sony Michelle? No. Sony Hi. Sony Michelle never catches passes. He's part of a quadrumvirate at running back. Is that a word? Who knows? Ask Watts guy. <laughs> but I'll take Carlos Hyde, the player that actually is getting, getting, getting some passes. Getting a lot of run with that offense, I'll take Hyde. Sony Michelle at the Jets on Monday Night Football. Uh, Carlos Hyde on the road at Indianapolis. I'm just looking at uh, the totals on this game, Dave. I don't know if this affects your reasoning at all, but the total on that Texans-Colts game is 47, and as we look to Monday Night Football between the uh, Patriots and Jets, total in that game is only 43.5. I guess to your point, you sort of have to look at Carlos Hyde here because we keep waiting for him to fall on his face, and he has it. And Duke John- I don't know if I, I don't know. Oh, anyway, go ahead. And Duke Johnson sort of had a breakout-type game last week, and, yes. and Carlos Hyde was still valuable. You know, I mean, he's still getting it done, and, you know, it's unfortunate you won't have Kamara, but I, I think you have to look at Hyde as uh, – and not only that, Dave, who do you think gets goal line in Houston? Is it Carlos Hyde or is it Duke Johnson? Yeah, it's Hyde. It's Carlos Hyde. Right. So I think you, that, that's another feather in your cap trying to uh, uh, get you fantasy I, I mean, points Hyde doesn't catch week. many passes, but he – he could, I guess. Well, Duke Johnson is usually out there on passing down. Right, yeah. But, I mean, Hyde is going to – Michelle gonna, doesn't either. So. Hyde, you know, I, he had that one week where he went out on a ton of passes. I don't know if you saw this. But he, he hardly went out on any routes at all. And then one random week, it was like week five, week four or five, all of a sudden he went out on like 20-some pass routes that weekend. Really? Yeah, it was so bizarre. And he caught a few. He, he didn't set the world on fire at all. But I'm with you. I, I think it's Hyde over Michelle this week. George in Monterey, California. Dave, you ever been to Monterey? Uh, you know, I don't think I have, but I wouldn't mind going. I've heard it's pretty nice. Is that uh, Monterey? Except for the fact that it's in California, which it, is a bad state. Is oh, You know, I just read the story tonight on ESPN.com about the 30-year anniversary of the earthquake in the 89 World Series between the Giants and A's. I don't know if you I remember that. A, I bet you that's a good long read. Is uh, it a long, it, like it's a, a long read. Oh, I don't know if the exact words, but it was a lot of interviews from players yeah. who were actually on the us. Uh, just you should ha- it to me, thanks. It's harrowing. You know, in yeah, all right, I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> but it's harrowing just considering what these guys were dealing with getting ready to play a baseball game. And then initially, and this is the, the thing that shocked me, initially everybody at the ballpark was kind of like, oh, my God, this is crazy, you know, and making jokes about it. And then you realize 
this bridge has collapsed, this bridge has collapsed, yeah, yeah. five dozen people have died. Yeah, no one cares about your base. They, they get home that night, Dave, normally a 20-minute drive for some of these players. It was taking them eight hours to get home. Again, who cares for them? But, okay. they get, but they get back into their neighborhood. It's pitch black. Right. There's no electricity. Yeah. Some end-of-the-world type stuff. I, was Bob Costas covering that? I thought that, that was, was Al Michaels. Oh, was it? Okay. Al Michaels, yeah. yeah. I thought he did a really nice job. Yeah, Al that. Michaels actually said, uh, we just had the greatest opening, show opening ever uh, because of the earthquake. And then there was another quote in that article. Some sports reporter uh, said in the, in the media room, we just had a 6.9 uh, earthquake. And some other sports reporter said, well, what did the Russian judge score it? Oh, you know, this is when they're cracking jokes sure, before yeah. they realize the, the really extremity. Thing, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. All right, Georgia Monterey. I'm staying afloat in the wake of Njoku's injury, but I'm not sure what to do at tight end this week. Jason Witten hosting the Eagles or Dawson Knox off the bye hosting the Dolphins. What would you do here, Dave? Witten is Sunday night football. Remember, there's a potential that Amari Cooper could miss that game. Eagles secondary is terrible. Uh, and then you have Dawson Knox facing a team that is terrible. And he had a week, uh, extra week to prepare as the Bills take on the Dolphins. And before you answer this, I'll tell you right now. Actually, let me ask you this. What do you, how much of a favorite do you think the Bills are at home against Miami? Uh, I haven't looked at all, but... Uh, this is perfect then. 18 and a half. 17. They are, the Bills, still off, still when off. is the last time the Bills have been 17-point favorites against <laughs> anyone? It's crazy. Total on that game is only 41, so take that for what it's worth. Who are you doing? Are you doing Witten or are you doing Dawson Knox here? You know, after last week, after I crapped on Witten saying he only gets four targets a game, he goes out and gets seven targets. Yeah. And five catches for 57 yards, no touchdowns as usual. Uh, you know, I might have to go steady Witten on this one. It's, uh, I, like, I like Knox, but he, he, still, he is still a rookie, and that game could turn into this just quagmire type game where it's like giggity. 20 to 3 at the half, and then they're not, they throw the ball like three times in the second half, and they win the game like 31 to 3 or something. You know what I mean? It's just going to be yeah. such a terrible game. Or at least I expect this other game to be entertaining. And Witten has something to prove. He has to prove that he's a better ball player than a broadcaster, which isn't hard. He's already been done. But, I mean, he's not out there twice. broadcasting. It's been done twice. Yeah, he's, he's on prove it mode again. So, in prime time, I'll take Witten here. Uh, Wasp guy chiming in. Amari Cooper looks like a decoy for Michael Gallup this week. He likes Witten. When you consider the fact that Cooper still could considerably be ruled out against that Eagles secondary, I look at it from a Packers standpoint. Jimmy Graham has done nothing all year, and then when he faced the Eagles secondary in week four, he had like six for 60 in a touchdown. So by far and away his best game against Philly. I'm going to go with Witten over Knox. And uh, let's go to another email here, if I can find it. I apologize for everybody here in the, uh, in the chat room uh, as, we, uh, as I take care of this here. And I think I... I think your email has something to do with Robbie Anderson. Uh, yes, it and does. the Muslim Muhammad Sanu. Uh, is he a Muslim? I think so. I think you're, if you're named Muhammad, you're you know, part of Muslim. It's a fine faith if you like it. It's cool. Uh, fine faith. <laughs> How has that not, a, not been a team name? All right, so let's move on here to... Uh, this is an email from Larry in Las Vegas, Dave. I was loaded at wide receiver until this week. Now no DJ Moore, no Chris Godwin, and I have to play either Muhammad Sanu or Robbie Anderson. Which way should I go? Thanks for the email, Larry in Las Vegas. Dave, you look at the schedule this week between Sanu and Robbie Anderson. Muhammad Sanu is against the Rams, I believe. Yes, he is hosting the Rams. And then you have Robbie Anderson on Monday Night Football at home against the New England Tom Brady's. Which one are you going with this week between Sanu and Robbie Anderson? 
man, I did I don't know. I think I think I got to start Sanu just because the Patriots defense is so good. But I really like Robbie Anderson on going forward the rest of the year. So this is the one game. I I, I think I am starting Anderson. In, in, you know where I have to in a league or two, maybe in right. one of those dynasty leagues. Um, and he could have an alright game. I just feel like the New England defense is a little bit too tough. My brain is telling me Sanu, and I actually am playing him in a couple of leagues. Yeah. However. Pretty close. However, Dave. Um, I will say this. Uh, this with Sam Arnold, uh, Sam Arnold, Sam Darnold back, Dave. I think that I'm going to play Robbie Anderson over Muhammad Sanu in this league because I, I think that that he has the the capabilities to not just be like a it, it shouldn't be like a Joe Flacco type second half that we saw Thursday night in Denver. It should be a, if they, if New England does get up, which I think they will. Sam Darnold's capable of leading a couple of garbage time touchdown drives. So I'm going to play Robbie Anderson over Muhammad Sanu in that scenario. All right, let's go one more email tonight. I think we didn't, yeah, we got time to fit one more email in. Dear HSFFOR, tough situation for me this week. I need to pick two of these three guys for my football guys' flexes. Delaney Walker, Willie Sneed, or Duke Johnson. That is Bob in Detroit. Um, so now here's what we're looking at for him. He's got to pick two of these guys. Delaney Walker is at home against the Chargers. Willie Sneed is at Seattle, Dave. And then you have Duke Johnson this week who is at Indianapolis. If you had to pick two of those guys for a football guys league, who would you pick? Uh, I don't own Delaney Walker anymore, but I'm reading it as questionable now. So let me just see this. Missed practice Friday. I'm, I'm benching Walker. He might not play. So there you go. That's easy for me. So, okay. Duke Johnson and Sneed. You know, it's, it's so funny because Walker – is the one guy I was like, okay, you got to load him up in a tight end premium league. Um, let me see if I can get the latest uh, injury news on Delaney Walker here because um, it comes down to Willie Sneeder or um, Duke Johnson for me. He is officially questionable. He was limited on Wednesday's practice. He did not practice today, Dave. That is, But, you know, yeah. he's, always pra- he's always tried to practice. Or well, he's, last he's, guy said he might miss it for Johnny, according to Roto World. I don't know if Johnny Smith. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's what I'm looking at right there. So, okay. So I guess you're right. You have to sit Delaney Walker and play the other two guys um, because you just you, you can't you can't take a zero, which we've said before, um, all, you know, over and over again. So there you go, Sneed and Duke Johnson, and Godspeed to you starting those two guys in your starting lineup this week. <laughs> all right. So that is going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank uh, Dave Gerzak. I want to thank our guest tonight, Jared Hines, second place. In the Football Guys Players Championship, good stuff from him, uh, no question. Uh, learned a lot, oh, which is always my goal on this show every single, uh, each and every single week. I uh, want to thank the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, of course, each and every one of you for hanging out with us. Remember to check out Kurt Kikis on the High Stakes Lowdown this week, rotoviz.com slash podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, Robert Bursich. Fourth place in the Football Guys Players Championship currently. He is going to join us next week on these airwaves uh, a week from now. Good stuff from him, hopefully. And enjoy week seven. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went.
Thanks for everybody listening, putting up with everybody in the <laughs> chat room tonight. Yeah, it's all good. Certainly po- apologize for that. Um, we uh, should also give props to John Terry and uh, Kern Reeve for beating us in the I Got Five on it a couple weeks what, ago. Did you say baiting us into that bet? No, so they baited us, <laughs> and then they beat us, uh, as it go. were. Yeah, it was a good bet. Uh, it was actually pretty close. Yeah, so congratulations to them, and uh, I think we're even up on the year. we uh, we got to make it back. We have to find another one. We'll figure out bet, something. Bet, 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 bet,